Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. stretched up as he woke from his trance, pulling his hands down quickly onto his knees as he brushed the top of the tent. He stayed stock still for a moment, hoping that Caelan hadn't woken up by the noise or the movement, but he didn't seem to stir for a second. He let out a sigh, not really wanting to wake the other man up, but not wanting to sit here in silence until the rest of the night, or even to the middle of the next day, depending on whenever Caelan actually wanted to awake. He rolled over silently, stretching over to grab his trousers and slowly pull them back on, before sitting up and grabbing his shirt as well. Keeping one eye on Caelan, he slipped out of the sleeping bag, taking a thankful breath when he didn't seem to wake up or stir at all. Stepping outside the tent, he brought his shoes out with him, slipping them on quietly and taking a breath of the night air. He could see just enough in the darkness to see the trees around them, and the horses appearing to sleep across the clearing. Stretching up again, he heard his shoulders crack from the previous lack of movement, and he walked around slowly, getting used to the motion again after the hours of lying down. Caelan still didn't wake up, and once again Lynn was forced to wonder just how effective a bodyguard he was if he didn't hear him pacing outside of the tent. It wasn't that he was restless, per se, he just never really understood how people managed to sleep for so long. Didn't they get bored or stiff or something? He could barely deal with the four hours he should trance every night, let alone a four eight or ten hours that Kalen seemed to get. How did he even get anything done? Looking around the clearing, he didn't see anything out of the ordinary, nothing changing too much from when they had gotten into bed. There would be no one here, right? That's why Kalen asked them to stop here. No one around here would know who he was. Anyone who wanted to kill him for the bounty on his head would have done it while both Caelan and he were asleep, or while they were otherwise distracted. The fire had died down, the remains of the quick meal he had cooked earlier still lying on the ground waiting for them to clean it up tomorrow. It hadn't been touched at all, which let him know that there weren't even wild animals around here. Maybe there were too many people going through here between the coast and the capital city for them to feel safe. He headed down towards the river, picking his way quietly through the undergrowth and trying not to make too much of a fuss. The last thing that he wanted was to make Caelan wake up and spook him by not being there. If he got far enough away, then maybe he could be louder about it. After a few minutes, he found a dry rock by the side of the river, one with a clear view up to the stars above him. He wasn't particularly religious, and he'd never cared about the stars above as much as his father had. But he had to agree it was calming, and something for his overactive brain to do. The moons were out in force, and the moonlight that shined down between them made it unlikely his skin was going to glow tonight. He sat back on the rock, staring up into the stars and trying to remember the star systems he'd been taught as a child. Zagreus... 
Parvo Dragon Tooth? The noise from the woods behind him happened too quickly for him to do anything about it. His eyes shot open, he sat further upright, and he tried to turn before one arm wrapped around his neck and the other covered his mouth. Panic kicked in. Lin hadn't been in many actual fights before, and all he could do was feel his logical mind slip from his head as adrenaline took over. Reaching into the inner pocket of his jacket on nothing but instinct alone, he wrapped his hand around the dagger and plunged it backwards into his attacker. He felt the resistance as the blade hit, pushing through the skin into muscle and felt blood splash onto his hand. The arm around his neck tightened and for a second he regretted it. He supposed he would have regretted it for more than a second, except he blacked out and felt himself fall into unconsciousness. When Ling came to, he was cold. His eyes opened slowly, blinking a few times like he was moving through honey. Flat on his back, under a bed, he should have been confused, but he knew exactly where he was. West Corvelt. Well, it wasn't too far from where he was, right? A jolt of pain shot through his skull when he thought about it. Not too far from where? This was where he lived, this was home. The wooden floor beneath him was familiar, along with the slight smell of the tulips his assistant always bought for him. The smell of sulphur and ozone definitely wasn't normal, though. Neither was the blood soaking through his suit or the ice spell currently spreading around his body and slowing down the beat of his heart. It was dark down here, silent apart from his slow, laboured breathing and the sounds of fighting outside. It sounded like the army had moved on further through the town, but... The occasional clanking of swords or crashing of magic told him it was still dangerous. Not that he would be moving soon. His entire body hurt, getting worse every time he took a breath. Was he dying? Was this what dying felt like? The spell that had hit him was making its way slowly through his body, getting closer and closer to his head by the second. If only it had hit him further up, it would have been a more merciful death at least. There would have been less time for him to wrestle with his pending doom. A loud crash shook the very foundation of the building, and he used the last of his energy to grip tighter onto his dagger. He would go down fighting. He'd promised he would go down fighting. Lin! His name was fuzzy, as if spoken over the crackling of a fire, if it had been amplified by ten. But his body seemed to recognise it as his heart swelt with warmth. Maybe he wasn't dead. He managed to make a small noise, but he knew no one that far away would hear. More crashes, more noise of fighting, and he heard footsteps come up to his room. Another call of his name, the same static behind it, and this time his crying pleas didn't go unheard. Moving was more painful than anything he had ever felt before in his entire life. Each and every nerve felt like it was on fire, almost exploding in his veins. No sound came out of his mouth except a strangled groan, not enough to alert anyone who could be waiting downstairs. The sound that came out of his rescuer was worse, still under that awful static, and he sounded like he was in more pain than Lin was. Seeing him was a nightmare in itself. Lin knew who it was. He remembered somehow, like this was all a memory and not happening in the moment. But his face was nothing but an inferno, 
roaring flames obscuring his features and only intensifying when he spoke. Lynn, God, thank fuck, I thought I'd never find you. The words felt more like a memory than something he was hearing himself. It spoke in the back of his mind, cutting through the crackling of the fire. You... you came for me. He croaked out, his own voice scratchy and painful to use. Of course I did, the voice responded, fire burning brighter and brighter until it encompassed his entire vision. I promised you I'd always be there for you. Lynn awoke, coughing and spluttering. Some kind of instinct forced him to roll over onto his front and he coughed up dark blood onto the dirt. Gods above his head hurt. So, do you usually go running off into the woods to get ambushed? The voice was familiar and blissfully free of any interference. Turning over onto his back again, he looked up at Kaelin and the soft glow of his hands as they passed healing magic over his body. Uh, I didn't think I'd get ambushed, Lynn responded, looking around to see the people who had attacked him lying dead on the ground. One had bled out from a wound in his front that he vaguely remembered inflicting, but the other had blood leaking out of his ears and nose. A part of him wondered how Kaelin had done it. Mm-hmm, but you did, Kaelin smiled, finishing up the healing and sitting back on the rock that Lynn had been on. What did they do to you? You were just on the ground, whimpering. I was confused they didn't kill you straight off. Lynn struggled to sit up cross-legged, cradling his head in his hands. It had all felt so... real. Half a memory and half in real time. His brain still throbbed like a migraine that refused to leave him alone. Um... A nightmare spell, I think... I don't know if you've ever had it done to you, but, um, it's not pleasant. They wanted to make me suffer. He looked up to Kaelin, who didn't seem to give any indication as to whether or not he knew what he was talking about. Lynn tried not to think of some of the implications of the spell. If he was unlucky, it could have lasting effects. And if there was one thing Lynn was, it was unlucky. How did you find me anyway? He asked, trying to get the thought of a lifetime of nightmares out of his head. Kalen seemed to appreciate the change of topic, too, relaxing a little on his rock. I heard the struggle, but it took me a while to find you. Looked like you killed the one, but the other was deep in rifling through your pockets. That sent Lynn into another panic, one hand coming up to his necklace. Still there, well hidden under his shirt and tie. Good. The other dug around in his inside pocket and his breath quickened. The dagger was gone. His dagger was gone. Was it still in the body on the ground? His eyes slid over, but no, he was on his back and there certainly wasn't a knife in there. It was then he heard the soft, methodical tapping and his ears swiveled to the sound far before his head did. Kaelin had his dagger in hand, throwing it up in an arc before catching it and repeating the motion over and over again. Lynn scrambled into action, jolting forward without thinking, before making the most pathetic whine when Kaelin held up his hand out of reach. This is a very nice dagger for someone who claims not to fight. 
he questioned, pointedly looking over the blade and the craftsmanship. Perfectly balanced, intricately carved. He waved a glowing hand over it and Lin knew he was testing it for magic. There's some sort of protection spell on it, but for the life of me, I cannot figure it out. Certainly not any magic I've ever seen. Lin felt himself blush before he held his hand out to get the knife back. Kellen didn't move to give it to him though, and he felt like a small child letting his hands fall into his lap. My my sibling gave it to me, he said in a small voice, looking everywhere except Kaelin's eyes. It is magic. He put a special protection spell on it. He'll never miss his target, he murmured. He heard Kaelin hum and held his hand out again, expecting the cold metal of the blade pressing into it. But nothing came back except Kaelin's voice. What does this say on the blade? he asked, and Lynn looked up to find him running his finger over the carvings. He howled back a growl. That was his blade. It's Star Elvish, he bit back at him, unable to help the anger laced in his voice. It says to protect you when I can't. Kaelin seemed to find that satisfactory, and after a few more seconds he passed the dagger back. Lin took it quickly, holding it to his chest for a moment before slipping it back into its holster inside of his jacket. It's an amazing blade, with an amazing spell on it. You'll do well to keep it close, Kaelin said, standing up and starting to head back towards the tent. Lin stayed on the floor, looking up at the stars for another moment, trying to get his breathing and his heart to slow down. They were still the same stars, still the same moons. He was still alive, still here to fight another day. You're coming too, Kaelin called behind him, forcing Lin to turn around and see him stood at the edge of a small clearing. And you're not fucking wandering off on your own again, even if I have to sleep on top of you.